Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast, presented by Belly Up Sports. Just great sports fans talking mostly about hockey and football, sprinkled with a bit of everything else. Now, here's your host, a Flames fan with a Golden Knights backup plan, Jason Bizek. All right, I'm joined now by Zach Martin and Alex Nuttall from the Cannons and Tomahawks podcast. Alex, of course, also has the CBJ After the Blast podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to Puck and Pigskin. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on, man. So uh, let's dive right into uh, what's going on right now in the league. Uh, You guys are both in the same division, the Hawks and the Jackets. Uh, Both currently out of a playoff spot, but knocking on the door. Um, so what are your guys, let's start with your guys thoughts so far this season and how the season is going. We'll start with Zach. Um, you know, surprisingly going into the season, I didn't really think that we, that the Hawks were going to be in the position that they're in now. I mean, if you go back to less than episode one, when we did our predictions. I said they'd be at best six worth where we were at, you know, Taze was out. Doc was going to be out for five months. He came back early. You didn't know what the goalie situation was going to be like. And then Kevin Lincoln it came out of nowhere. Then you have Philip Kurashev, Pius Suter doing really well. Brandon Hagel's been doing really good. A bunch of other guys, Ian Mitchell, Wyatt Kalanick came up. And, you know, and you know, Alex DeBrink gets found his scoring touch. Dylan Strum's been scoring a lot recently. You know, um, just unfortunately the month of March, you know, they went like like five, like five, like, like five, ten and something. It's just March was a bad month for yeah. them. So right now, unfortunately, they did lose their fourth place spot. But you know what? The all in all, I'm just glad that the Hawks actually were more competitive than we thought they were going to be, and at least it gives us optimism for what possibly next year and you know, a couple seasons down the road where we're going to be at. So overall, I'm happy with I'm happy with how the season went. The last month or so, not so much because of after a, a great start we've had. But you know what? It's a young team. You know, we have a bunch of young guys. It's a you know it's a fill out year to see how everyone's going to be moving in the future. But overall, I'm excited for this team. Just kind of wish they kind of turned it on in the last month, but you know, they're still in it only two points back in fourth place. So yeah. can't complain too much. Just well, like for the power play to show up again, like it was for <laughs> most of the season when you're tied for second and now it's gone like stone cold. So, yeah. Yeah. When, uh, as soon as doc went down and, uh, Taves was out and I think Crawford retired or he, what happened to Crawford? I can't remember what happened to him. Did he retire? Uh, he, or? Uh, well, well, actually, the Hawks didn't really bring him back, so he actually went to New Jersey. Okay, on a yeah. deal, but he didn't retire just because of a lot of stuff going on. So right. we weren't even, we weren't even going to roll with uh, Crawford going into the season anyway. So no, it was mostly just no. it was it was they thought it was going to be with Subban and Delia. Lincoln was going to be the third guy after the Tampa series where they went, like got outscored like ten to five. Lincoln comes in and is basically just taking over the starting job. So. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, but yeah, just the fact that Lankinen's come out of nowhere and the fact that like he's like in talks for a Calder as a rookie, I'll, you know, how good he is as a rookie player right now as a goalie, I'll take it. So it's yeah. at least that's the one bright spot that we have. Like our, we at least we might have the goalie of the future. <laughs> yeah, Subban is surprising me because he did somewhat well in Vegas, and then I thought he was going to do really well in Chicago, but he's kind of, eh. Um, yeah, yeah. Alex, how about uh, how about Columbus? What are your thoughts so far on the season in Columbus? Um, overall, 
obviously in my personal expectations were kind of underwhelming. We haven't really done much. Um, you, you thought that after the trade with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine, that things were kind of going to jump up a little bit that, you know, Hey, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we're, we're getting the superstar. Things are going to go well. Well, no. Um, as I've said on a couple of our episodes and Zach is probably tired of hearing me saying it, there's a common denominator in Columbus, all the issues that we've had and we've gone through so many different players, some systems, different structures, everything. And there's one thing that has remained the same and that's the coach. Um, now I can let you put the pieces together and figure out what I think should happen, but I don't think we're going to do much else this year. I don't see us making the playoffs unless something drastically changes. Um, you know, we lost this embarrassing series to Detroit this past weekend, and <laughs> that was very hard to watch. Any of that, um, I, you know, on the CBJ after the blast, that was not easy to have to recap those games yeah. at all. Um, having to, you know, you watch it and you're like, all right, well, this is already bad enough, and then I have to relive it and go through it all over again. Yeah, um, wasn't great, but um. It's okay. I think a lot of it's going to depend on, for, with Columbus, how they handle the next five or six games. Um, you know, we have our two-game series this weekend with the Panthers. Then we have two more games against Tampa at home. And then we have our two-game series with Chicago. And I think from Columbus's standpoint, it really depends on what's going to happen really in the next four games um, to be able to determine if we're going to be buyers or sellers or anything like that at the trade deadline to be able to make a decision if we're going to do anything or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll have the two wins in Chicago for sure. So that'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easy wins. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So do you, do you think with, as uh, you were speaking about the coaching and then Tortorella, do you think Tortorella and he's coached in Calgary before us? So I know where you're coming from. He seems to me like a guy who's just kind of stubborn in his ways and doesn't like to kind of adapt to situations that he's with. What do you think? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I do believe he is stubborn to an extent, but uh, you know, we, you've heard from a lot of the players and then also you can kind of see it in how the teams act and how the teams handle themselves since he was t coaching like Tampa Bay back in 2004 it's it's gotten a little bit different you know you can tell he's opening up you know it's he's having more of an open mind to be able to try different things and try different structures and systems but i think it's one of those things that if it doesn't work for three games okay well we have old reliable we're gonna go right back to the exact same thing that i've done forever on all these teams mm -hmm. you see him go to these teams and somebody i didn't pay attention to it we actually i think it was during one of uh, zach and i's live streams somebody pointed it out that the career for John Torella for his coaching he's he usually will go into a team and the first four seasons is great it's you know you're on an uphill swing you look fantastic you have a lot of promise and then that fifth year he's terrible and it's like that with every single team and we're in that fifth or sixth year and it's it's not looking good <laughs> um, so it's one of those things I think he is I could see him being a fantastic candidate to go to Buffalo after the season's over because his contract is up after the year. And that's not as a long-term situation, but 
he's good at changing the culture around whichever organization he's at. And I think Buffalo needs that right now. Columbus, we're kind of past that. We've got over the 12, 13 years of being in last place all the time. Now we're going to just be stuck right in the middle at fourth or fifth place all the Mm -hmm. time. So it's one of those things I think that he's a great coach for the right situation. And I think we're past that in Columbus. Hmm. Yeah. Now, what are your guys thoughts? And I'll start with Zach again on the um, interdivision play only this season. How do you, how are you liking that? Um, I mean, it's different, you know, we saw it with MLB and stuff like that. And we saw that it kind of worked in that sort of way where you just had those teams and like in the central, all the teams that were in the central for the MLB. And right now it's kind of what we're doing with, you know, with NHL doing all these teams in, in their own divisions, which kind of makes sense because, you know, they want to try to limit travel, you know, you know, cross COVID, you know, cross pollination of all that other stuff mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, trying to, you know, going into Canada was going to be in tough and stuff like that. So I don't mind it. Uh, it's definitely weird having like, you got the Western conference and Eastern conference teams kind of together in one division. Then you really don't know how the playoff format's going to be because you don't know who's going to be facing who, when you get to the semifinals, when you have all your division winners in those small little brackets. So it's interesting. Um, I'm already tired of playing the Florida teams constantly because they're always, <laughs> seems, they've been, they've been an issue for us this year. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready to go back to play the Western conference where we have, you know, Minnesota, Colorado, you know, we, we already had Dallas, we already had Nashville, but it will be nice to have our own division back again and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, I mean, it's unique, you know, for the for the season that it is, how short it is, how many days, how many games we have. It's, it's, it's definitely different, but you know, it's not all f- for good. So, I mean, I'm fine with how it is right now, but it's like mm-hmm. I'm kind of ready to go back to play our Western Conference teams. I mean, like I said, it's also nice too that the games start like sooner for me because yeah. of the fact that I live on the East Coast. Now I don't have to be up until like ten o'clock for a start time when they're in like Vancouver and LA and stuff yeah. like that. So that's also nice, but. As it's pros and cons, but overall, I mean, I like it. It's it's more there's more drama because of the fact that it's all every game is a four point swing, mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. every point matters compared to like how it's a, if it's a normal season. So overall, I, there's some stuff I like, some stuff I don't like. But you know what? It's it's hockey. We got a season. You know, we have storylines, and that's what that's what helps. So yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I myself, I'm tired of the Flames playing Ottawa Senators, which were the worst team in the league. <laughs> and uh, they seem to own us this season, even though they're pretty bad. But uh, um, what do you think, Alex, of the inter, uh, inter-division play this season? Um, I don't mind it. It's one of those things, like Zach was saying, it's okay for the year, uh, but I don't, I don't want to see it as a permanent solution. Um, you know, with all of this covid nonsense they were just trying to get a season started and they did that successfully and i think everybody knew hey it's only 56 games you're going to be playing these teams eight times or if you're in canada nine or ten times just essentially suck it up for a year and we'll get back to normal next year Mm -hmm. so i think the players and the players association knew that they were going to have to take some sacrifices for the year to be able to have a have a season to begin with um now, would I like to see some restructuring of divisions? Yes. You know, that's getting a little more complicated. For example, 
that my big thing, and I've talked to Zach about this before. I don't understand why Columbus and Detroit are not in the same division and they're three hours away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Makes absolutely no sense. But yet we have the Carolina Hurricanes who are four hours away from Tampa and it doesn't, I don't get it, but um, I'm glad that we were able to have a season. So it's one of those things that you can't really complain too much about it. Yeah, I think it's the same with, um, I believe, Vegas and Arizona. Arizona's in a different division, and they're only a few hours away from Vegas. So definitely a, a weird situation there. Um, well, well, I know when we actually do get back to normal, Arizona is moving over into the Central when Seattle comes in. So actually Arizona, oh, yeah. part, so Arizona will be part of the Central Division with the Hawks, the, Jet, the, the Jets, the Wild, and stuff like that. Then okay. Seattle will take their spot in right. the Pacific. So that, that, that will actually get changed. But I agree with Alex. So Carolina – and being in, it's just how they accepted the division. So they didn't want to lose that Boston, Montreal, mm-hmm. Boston, Toronto rivalry, which doesn't make sense. But it's kind of like, how do you not have Columbus and Detroit in the same division? Because that'd be a bigger rivalry because of the fact that it's only like a four hour, like three, four hour drive. So I agree with Alex. So they're, they're, when we actually do get back to the East West, I wish it would kind of tweak the divisions a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, I know geographically it, it, they have to try and make it to make sense, but. Well, like we talked about before, Zach, you know, you have you have this big rivalry between the Penguins and the Flyers, right? Interstate, yeah. you know, it's Philadelphia. There, there's colleges in Philadelphia and Pitt that hate each other. Well, mm-hmm. everybody knows about the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Why not capitalize on that and have the Ohio hockey team and the Michigan hockey team play each other and start to develop that same – rivalry and hatred for each other right exactly i, I don't see why not and well, I, that, that has to be a logical sense and we know how the nhl is sometimes well, yeah and i haven't looked ahead to the playoffs this season or heard about how they're structuring that because once they come out of their divisions is there going are they going to be traveling or is there going to be a bubble again like last season uh as far as i've heard there's no we don't know for sure what they're doing if it's gonna be a bubble or if it's okay. gonna be how they're doing that i know they're gonna go i think they're doing the one through four seedings yeah based on your season points and stuff like that whoever's the final four uh once you get once you get your actual division winners out of those groups but in terms of where where they're gonna do it at i have not heard anything else of what how exactly they're gonna play that out mm-hmm. so hmm. i guess because the fact that it's only like those guys are facing each other and then they're gonna play the, the two finalists I guess I'll, I guess they might might be easier to have more traveling. Now, if it's a Canadian team, then we're definitely going to figure out how they're going to do that. So I guess most likely, my guess is probably a bubble just because of the fact that if you have that one Canadian team, I don't think they want to try to do you know multiple guys flying back and forth for right. a 78 series yeah. going into going into Canada. So my guess is probably a bubble hmm. in my in my opinion, but I I could be wrong. So. I guess we'll see. Yeah. It, it just makes sense, honestly. Yeah. You know, with everything going on, you're going to sit there and get down to the semis. And once you're out of divisional play, then you're going to be down to, you know, one Western, one North, one East, and one Central. It's It only makes sense to have them in a bubble. And then, if anything, do it in the States because going to Canada, it's a seven-day quarantine. In the States, it's 48 hours with two negative tests. Have that. Have the one and four seed play one night. The two and three seed play the other night. And then that's just all you have to do is alternate until yeah. that series is done. And then you're in the finals. Not to mention, I think only two Canadian teams are going to come out of the division. So it'd be a lot easier for two teams to travel to the States to play, you know, 
14 teams as opposed to the other way around. So, or if not yeah. 14. Yeah. You, you see what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're approaching the trade deadline and Alex, do you think that Columbus is going to make any more moves before the trade deadline? Uh, right now, not to help Columbus. I think they're going to be sellers. Um, the big thing I've seen is I think they could easily be getting rid of David Savard uh, for some draft capital or a prospect or something like that. I've seen a lot of stuff with Florida, Nashville, um, Edmonton. I've seen a, a lot of different teams. I think Colorado is one of them too, to get him as a rental defenseman just for the rest of the year. And it, it makes sense. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff with Nick Felino and Michael Delzato and even one of the goalies. I don't think they're going to make, you know, I've seen a lot of the rumors about the Blue Jackets are trying to put together a package for Jack Eichel. Um, something of that caliber, I don't see happening until the offseason um, because they're not going to waste time. He's hurt. So I don't think if anybody is making a trade for him right now, they're dumb because you're going to be making a big trade for Jack Eichel and he's just going to continue sitting on the bench and not probably not play the rest of the season. But uh, uh, overall, I do see him making some trades, but it's probably just going to be to get some more draft picks. And then once we get that many more draft picks and draft capital and prospects, then that is more in our pocket, more at our expense to be able to use in the off season to make these big moves that, that we want. Mm -hmm. Zach, what about Chicago? You think they'll be making any moves? Um, honestly, I could see them possibly if they really want to probably go and let like Yamark go somewhere if possible, probably let Soderbergh go somewhere um, because right now they're in a position where it's like they're, they're ahead of schedule by a couple of years of being, you know, a competitive team. Um, it honestly, we're really, because it really wouldn't make sense for them to go make a push to go get a four seed and then have to play Tampa in the first round or you're playing Carolina for playing Carolina. Then you might have a shot at getting out of there, but if they're playing Tampa in the first round, that's going to be tough because we haven't played Tampa well all year. So I, it's, I've said this on our podcast. If Florida played like how they were supposed to be, seventh or eighth place in the division, and you had two more spots more likely to be able to go get instead of just one, and it has to be against Tampa, then I would say maybe you can see a push. But right now you're playing for the four seed to play probably Tampa. I really don't see the Hawks really making a push right now. I would say, if anything, they're bringing, like what Alex said, go help, go help another team go get draft capital. Um, but if honestly, because we had a guest of ours, Duke, he came on last night um, on the podcast, and he brought up a point that I thought was really good too. If we just stick with the team that we have, bring those, bring Soderberg back, bring Yanmark and Walmart and all those guys back, because they're on one-year deals, bring them back running back with this team, and then they have $21 million in cap. Go spend it in the offseason. Go get go get more you know, forward depth. Go get some help on the blue line. Maybe figure out what you're going to do with Subban, if you're going to get rid of him, and then bring you know another goalie in. Um, maybe bring some more shooters and stuff like that and just build some depth, fix the D-line. I think then, then you're talking about a Blackhawks team that could potentially make a run, I don't know for our cup, but a deep playoff run next season. So if anything, mm -hmm. it's either going to be selling or sticking with what we have bring some guys in next year and then run it back with the team we have now with some additions and go do something next year or the season after that in like 2022 2023 so yeah right now for this season 
I see their seller stick with what we got. So the, they, do you feel that they'd be in a totally different position right now with Taves in the lineup? Um, I mean, even I mean, even without Taves in the lineup, I mean, they were doing pretty well at one point. You know, before March started, they were like I think like seven points above uh, Columbus, and when they were in the four spot, seven points above Columbus, and I think Columbus was like three or four above Nashville. So, would I say would we be different with Taves? I would say I think we'd probably still be in the spot where we are at, but I think we'd probably be a, a little bit closer to the top three. I would still say we're probably a, a, like a four C team. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if if Florida wasn't being the team that they are right now, they're playing out of their minds and playing a lot better than people thought <laughs> they would. If this was a normal like you know, it's Carolina, Tampa, then it's like possibly Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, all fighting for three, four, five. Maybe you're talking about Dallas and six. Then we're talking a different story where. The Hawks would be out, but because Florida threw a wrench in the whole system, yeah. now you're fighting for a four spot, and it's kind of like those three teams are so far ahead. I think even with Taze, I still think we'd be four, but probably a little bit closer to the three seed mm-hmm. than where we're at right now where we're so far behind them, and now we're fighting with Nashville, who's now two points ahead because they just beat us today, um, and then with Nashville being – or with Columbus being one point behind. So, yeah. And what, it, what exactly yeah. – now I haven't seen much about Taves um, in the news wise. What is his injury? Is he coming back anytime soon, or what exactly is going on there? Uh, nothing. We no one really knows what's going on, yeah. and no and no one really wants to speculate because you want to give the respect to the player. Yeah, what's going on with his personal life, and you know, and I mean, he's the captain. You know, he's got three Stanley Cups. You know, Conn Smythe. You know, you want to give him the respect and give him the space that's needed for him to do what. It, to yeah. do what he needs to do, take care of himself. So I'm not going to speculate out of respect for him. I, then no one else is going to do it either. And no one wants to write that story because it's more, more of a respect thing for Taze. Mm-hmm. So honestly, no one really knows what's going on. All I can really say is that I hope he's okay. I hope he's feeling all right, you know, and hopefully whatever's going on does get better. And then hopefully he comes back this year. If not, then, you know, it, just let him have this. It's the short season just to rest up and then get ready for 2021, 2022 and go from there. So, unfortunately, I have really no news on Taze and no one else really yeah. does either. Uh, basically, it's between Taze and the team. And, of yeah. course, the team's not going to release the statement. So, no, no. it is what it is. Now, Alex, I'll, I'll ask you a similar question. Um, would Columbus be a different team with Patrick Liney in the lineup? <laughs> or has he been in the lineup? <laughs> he has been. Um, they're, just, they're, they're running into some scoring tr- struggles, and um, Liney's having some struggles of his own. I think a lot of that is – you know, our, the Columbus's biggest issue, and Zach knows this, is we don't have a center. Mm-hmm. We we have almost nobody up the middle, and the guys that we do have that are quote-unquote centers are either rookies or guys with very little experience or anything like that. We, we, we have been missing a number one center for years, and when we had him, Pierre-Luc Dubois was that number one center. Now, mm-hmm. is he a number one center? No. We need a guy like a Jack, you know, we don't have a guy like a Jack Eichel or a Connor McDavid or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's our number one center changes every night. And right now it's Max Domi. Yeah. Which, I mean, granted, when he was playing for the London Knights, he was a center. So fine. But then as soon as he hit 
uh, Arizona and Montreal, it was, okay, well, they moved him to wing and he, I mean, he's going to play so we can get a paycheck, but he wasn't a fan of it. So it's one of those things. There's, there's so many issues uh, with Columbus and our biggest one is we need a center. Patrick Line is still struggling a little bit. Jack Roslevic, I have no idea what his problem is right now. Um, he's yeah, great he's, one he game. He started off great. Yeah. Yeah. He, he started off really good. Um, I think in the 31 games he's played, he is, he has 28 points or something. I'd have to double check that, but he's got 22. Um, it, either way, it's it's one of those things that he started off hot, but he mm-hmm. he cooled off, and he is very moody when it comes to his play. And a lot of the other guys are like that too. Cam Atkinson's the same way. When he's hot, he's hot. Mm-hmm. But Patrick Line is the guy that we need to get going, and it's one of those things that initially Torts was not playing to line a he was trying to get everybody else going well when you have a guy like patrick line in your lineup he stays in your lineup and i'm sorry you build around him you don't build around your structure or your defense no you build around line a put him in the position he's comfortable with which is left wing but he's at right wing right now mm-hmm. for some reason um you know, but at the same time, I'm not a coach, so I can't really make that determination. Um, but it would be nice to get him going and get Roslovic going a little more consistently and get some of these other guys that aren't doing anything and get their productivity back up. Uh, yeah. How's Corpusello doing, Corpusello? Yeah. You guys, I, looking now, I haven't seen games, of course, and, and I haven't actually seen many highlights, but looking at the goaltending and the stats, looks like you guys are getting mediocre goaltending at best, maybe. What do you think? Um, our goaltending is actually really good. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's from the, the – if you look at statistics itself, it's going to be subpar, but the goaltending, we're, we're only in these games because of our goaltending. Um, our defense has been better, but honestly, it's been non-existent mm-hmm. and our offense can't do, they can't be offense and defense at the same time and try and catch up with the amount of goals that the other team has. You know, if we're playing right. Tampa Bay, we can't let them score five goals. The defense not do anything and expect our offense to be able to keep up with that. That's just not going to happen. Um, so it's one of the things, you know, with Corpy and, uh, Corpus Allo and Merzlikens are both playing very well. It's just the rest of the team doesn't want to show up mm-hmm. and looking at all of our games, whenever Merzlikens plays, the blue jackets have like a 95% chance to score three or more goals. Well, Corpus Allo, it's been one or two goals all the time, which doesn't help. So that's why Merzlikens gets some of these better wins and things like that. But Corpy is very consistent and very structured in his play and is how he goes about his business. We have that same problem in Calgary. The, the goaltending is a lot better than the stats would say. And uh, the team is struggling and it's looking bad on, on everyone. Um, now I'm going to get both of your comments and I'll go back to Zach first on the Dubinsky uh, thing here. <laughs> I, first of all, I have to say that, it's awesome to see that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to finally see somebody that you know doesn't put these superstars on a pedestal and treat them like gold. And 
tells it like it is. I mean, Crosby's, I like Crosby. Crosby's a good player, but he's, he's, he's a whiner and he's, yeah, he's a spoiled brat. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I mean, I thought, I thought the whole situation was hilarious because just <laughs> the fact that like it was unprovoked, you know, guys from garage beers didn't really say anything to get him going. He just dropped it. And then it just created this whole thing on Twitter. And, <laughs> you know, you got hockey night in Canada talking about it. You got NBC, you know, Washington talking about it, bar down TSN Sportsnet. It's all over the place. Like Dubinsky is sharing graphics of his quote on his Instagram story. Like you just got people all riled up and stuff like that. You know, Pittsburgh fans are just beyond mad at him. So, it's just, it's just, it was something that was just so great, and it just adds another layer to just how hockey is probably one of the best sports out there. And I know people are going to be like, well, it's not that popular. It's like the fourth best, and it could be maybe considered fifth. It's like, no, it's like because you guys just don't understand how great the game is, and mm-hmm. it's just it adds another layer to how just fantastic the sport is, and it just adds another storyline. So I, overall, I thought it was just great, and for the fact that how – they just got Dubinsky just to say that, and he just did it without even them even asking him or anything like that. So it's just it's it was fantastic, and just the fact that it just completely just blew up and it was just everywhere. It was wild, and just talking to, <laughs> talking to those guys behind the scenes, and they're just like they're like we have no idea this was even going to happen. We were just having this guy on, and all of a sudden now like we're pretty much like we're all over the place because of him just you know dropping that quote and. You know, everyone's just getting upset about it. And like, there's a great debate of who's the best guy is and all that. So it's just, it's a, it's just a wild scene of <laughs> how that just went off like that out of nowhere. It was, Al- but it was just so great. It was so great. Yeah, Alex, what do you think? Um, well, I've loved Dubinsky since we got him in that trade in 2012, uh, the big Rick Nash trade with the Rangers. Um, he's been a staple of Columbus. You know, you started to see a lot of the success since he came. So I've always liked him as a player. Um, this just makes me like him as a person that much more because, mm. uh, you know, I live in Columbus. Everybody hates the Penguins. It's either you love the Penguins <laughs> or you hate the Penguins. Um, anything to just make the Penguins fans more butthurt. The The only downside about all this is, you know, we have to get all these stupid pictures and gifts on Twitter now of – Sidney Crosby holding the Stanley Cup all over again. Like I kind of I thought we were done with it. You know, we had them and then we had the Capitals and then the Blues and then we've had the the Lightning. Well, all of a sudden now we're having to get the Penguins fans doing it all over again. So, mm. it it's whatever, but yeah, I I, I 100% agree with him. I absolutely do. I don't respect Sidney Crosby as a person. He's a great player. I would take Ovechkin all day just because he's the same way. You know, if you have a beef with Obi, what's he going to do? He's going to drop his gloves, and you guys are going to scrap, and yeah. you're going to get it over with. Crosby is going to sit there and complain all night and chirp, and then you're going to sit there and just shove him gently once, and then you're going to get a 10-minute game misconduct and 47 roughing penalties and all this other stuff because you sneezed on him. Like, okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and he's just the biggest flopper in the NHL because there was that thing today – between Boston and uh, Pittsburgh, and like it looked like that they were going to face off, and he didn't even get touched at center ice, and he falls down like he got sniped from the top deck, and it's yeah. just like, <laughs> dude, it's like, come on, man, like just just stop, like this isn't basketball. We don't fl- we we're not. There's guys that do flopping hockey, but it's very it's very rare, and you get clowned for it. So it's just like, come on, Sid, like we know you've done this before, but 
it's 2021. Like, how about we just stop this and actually play hockey? Stop pretending like you got hit. Just, yeah. you know, just stop. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you one more hockey question. Uh, cup predictions. Zach, who are you predicting to uh, win the Stanley Cup this year? All right. Well, I did. Well, at least I get to redeem myself because I did pick the Flyers, and that's kind of just went down the drain <laughs> right now. So I would say. I would say right now I'm picking Colorado to win it because they're just they just look like a wagon right now, and I don't think anyone's really going to touch those guys. So I'm I want to say Colorado. I would say who they'd be playing, but we don't know what the playoff format's going to be like. So I really can't give you who they're going to beat, but I'm going with Colorado because they just they're just too good right now, and they're pretty much just running. They're yeah, they they're just too good in my opinion. Well, I think they're so they're still in the. Let me just look here. Oh, I see. They don't have it separated into conferences at the moment. So, yeah, that's weird. It's weird when I look at the standings and there's no conferences either. Um, Alex, yeah. what are your predictions? Um, so I have two. One is going to be the realistic one, and that is Colorado. I am on board with Zach. Two Colorado. Um, they are insane. Uh, that top line has accumulated like 58 points. Just them in like the last – 17 games or something it's outrageous Mm -hmm. um they're 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 so good and i think if they can solidify their goaltending a little bit more outside of grubauer um you know you have uh pavel francois if you can get him going then they're going to be hard to beat um my hot take winner is the minnesota wild Mm. just because of how they've played this year they come out of nowhere Cam Talbot and Kapokaknen are absolutely going bananas. Uh, Matt Zuccarello has been very good since he came back. And then Kirill the Thrill, Kaprizov, obviously, <laughs> has been going insane. Uh, but that whole team looks fantastic. And it's one of those things, if the Blue Jackets aren't in it and the Blackhawks aren't in it, I am 100% going to be rooting for the Wild the entire time. If if real quick, if I had to pick up, if I had to pick this hot take team that Alex did, I'm, I'm going with the Winnipeg Jets as the hot take Ooh. team that might win the cup. Gross. <laughs> Alex is gross. I knew you. Were, I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> well, I knew Alex was going to say something because the fact that like they trade away Dubinsky and he goes and wins in cup that I think that would just rile up so many uh, Jackets fans. So the fact that they got rid of him and he goes and wins a cup that same season, hmm. that would just be pure. It would be pure chaos on. Blue Jackets Twitter. <laughs> okay, my predictions. So realistically, my prediction has got to be Vegas. I think they're going to actually do it this year. My hot take prediction, I'm going to say Florida. Okay. I'm going to say Florida. They it, just came out of nowhere. Well, the thing is, though, they did just lose Ekblad, so it's going to be true. interesting I would say depends on if they can still get the touch from, you know, Barkov, you know, if they got everyone else still rolling, you know, Hornquist and for And if the goaltending stays solid, they could do something, but it all depends on if they're going to go and replace Ekblad because mm-hmm. losing him for the rest of the season, that's going to be, we're going to see how Florida does for the rest of the season. And now it might be a telling, a tall tale of 
you know, what's going to happen when it comes playoff time. Yeah. See where they're going to be at without Ekblad and how, what they're going to do about replacing that position. So well, that's yeah. why I think, so the whole stuff we've talked about with David Savard, I could really see him going to Florida for multiple reasons. One, they just need a rental defenseman. That's exactly what Savard is. Two, um, Billy Zito was the assistant GM to the Blue Jackets last year. And now he's a GM in Florida. They've already made like five trades with the Blue Jackets since he left. You know, they got Alexander Wimberg, Marcus Nudabara, um, uh, all these other guys are going there and we're getting picks back. I could easily see him working a deal to get David Savard moved down there to Florida to be a rental for the rest of the year to replace Ekblad so they can be contenders. If they make a move like that, I could see Florida being a dangerous team this year. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. All right. So, uh, stepping away from hockey now, um, are you outside of hockey? Are you guys NFL fans at all? Zach? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched the NFL, you know, being in South Carolina, it's kind of hard to watch, you know, my, my Browns play, but I mean, I, I do keep up with what's going on and stuff like that. Um, I would say in terms of, you know, what I pay more attention to, obviously it's hockey. So, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I mean, I still watch the Browns and still watch the Indians and stuff like that. I keep up with like, you know, Ohio state NC state and stuff like that. And, you know, other sports, but yeah, but I see hockey. I see hockey is like my number one priority of like, what any, sports any odd sports outside the top four, like uh, lacrosse or tennis or golf or <laughs> uh, lacrosse, because I play lacrosse in college. I oh, would yeah. also say probably like formula one. I watched, um, soccer, you know, Bundesliga stuff like that. Um, Australian rules football is actually really fun to watch. It's like a, it's like a hybrid of like rugby and like football and a bunch of other stuff. So that's fun to watch too. So I, I have some uh, sports that are kind of out there, but definitely I say Formula One is probably one of my favorites in terms of the non-traditional sports and soccer, of course, as well. Alex, what about you? NFL, MLB. So. Um... Like Zach, I don't watch a lot other than hockey. If mm-hmm. other than hockey, if I'm watching some, it's most likely baseball. And I'm a Reds and Mets fan, but I number one, I'm a Reds fan. I've been a Reds fan my whole life. Um, they're terrible every year, so I'm kind of used. <laughs> that's why I think being a Reds fan and a Blue Jackets fan suits me because I'm used to the disappointment all the time. Um, in the NFL, the I haven't watched it much the last couple of years because it's it's kind of turned me off. Um, without getting into the reasons why, but um, I am a New England Patriots fan, so I've I've been a Patriots uh, fan my entire life, uh, <laughs> um, dude. Six I, rings, baby. I can see I why you've it. been turned off. Then, <laughs> um, no, it's it's not even just the past year. I think a lot of it is the, you know, they've politicized the sport, and I don't oh, like yeah. that. It's it's, you know, there's a lot of other stuff too, but I, I don't really care to get into it. Um, Outside of really hockey and baseball, I'll, I watch a, a bunch of Zach and I watch NASCAR. Um, we we'll watch, I watch Formula One. I think he watches more Formula One than I do, but I like going to uh, indie races and things like that. Um, I do watch some KHL games, so the uh, Russian Hockey League. Yeah, I like watching that when I can. The problem is those games start at like nine or ten o'clock in the morning. Um, and most days I'm having to watch the kids. So some days I'm just kind of catching bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, 
honestly, I just, I'm telling you, it's probably 90% hockey for me. I'm seeing a lot of KHL highlights on Twitter, and I was thinking to myself actually just yesterday when I watched a few highlights of somehow getting into watching it. Where do you actually watch it? Um, I have a couple stream sites. Oh, okay. Uh, they are all... You don't have to go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> They're all legal. For legal oh, okay. purposes, they're all normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I have a couple sites that I watch it on. And then, you know, there are some groups on Facebook that I'm a part of and somebody will stream it over there. Big thing is I actually have um, on one of the guys I'll, I'll play video games with here and there. He actually lives in England and he watches the KHL all the time. Well, yeah. he over in England, they have a streaming service that he can watch it on. So he'll sit there and throw it up and I'll I can join it and watch it and things like that. So that's mm -hmm. my easiest way that I watch it. Yeah, because it looks really fun to watch. Uh, the mm -hmm. highlights are spectacular, and the actual, the actual in-game production and the, and the the hype and and all that looks really good too. Yeah, yeah, because, because you're getting that because you're getting that European Russian style feel of yeah. like how it's constant cheering the entire time. Because I watched a lot of the um, the German league; like they call it the DEL um, and stuff like that. And it's just basically if you ever watch a Bundesliga match where you actually have fans there and they're just, you know singing in the entire time smoke going up and you know not you know not smoke like there's a fire but you know like color pop smoke that they mm -hmm. do it's just it's pure it's like they bring up so much energy and that's what the kind of like the khl is it's kind of just it, it gives you that like that soccer like atmosphere at a hockey game and it's just wild how they get so into it over there so yeah well, i think there's watch. a lot of that with it also depends on the sport and stuff so when i was uh 14 I actually was selected to play for a um, the Team USA for a travel baseball team, and we actually went and played in Puerto Rico for a week. And the guys over there in, in Puerto Rico and, like, Cuba and Dominican Republic, it's all so they, – they just like baseball. That's all they wanted to do. They like baseball. If – if somebody makes a good play, it doesn't matter which team everybody cheers, no matter who you're rooting for, because everyone respects the game and they're, they can respect a good play or a good hit or anything like that. It's, it's really cool to see that. And it's, you know, you get that same kind of feeling, especially with really any sport, but once you get that sport and go to where that's part of their livelihood. So in, you know, specific parts of Canada, it's hockey and you go down to, like South America and some places in Europe, it's soccer and you go over to Russia, it's hockey again. You know, there's other places where it's basketball. It's, it's really cool being able to see stuff like that. Um, you know, on some of these professional levels. Yeah. I watch, uh, I watch the Rod Peterson show, which is a Canadian uh, sports talk show every day here. And they got really big into, I believe it was Japanese baseball this past year. And, uh, it, that became real, really big talk here in Canada. I don't know if it uh, got very big in the states at all. Um, yeah, it was it was KB, it was the KBO KB, down here. That was, yeah, that that's was, what it was. That, that, that was the South Korean. Yeah, KBO was kind of the big thing that was down here for a little bit until baseball until MLB came back. Oh, so. Okay, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yep. What was it? Oh, uh, how how about the women's hockey? How I noticed you guys uh, promoting the women's hockey on Twitter. The um nwhl um mm -hmm. that was quite the thing this year hey yeah yeah that was a lot of fun you know we really enjoyed doing that you know talking about you know all the teams in the league you yeah. know our, our little banter between you know, us with, with our you know alex's minnesota team my toronto six and stuff like that and 
you know, the Isabel Cup was, you know, it was a great final, you know, great game by, you know, overall. And it was just fun to watch. And I'm excited to see what, you know, the next season brings for them. And it's just see where they go from there. But, yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. I'm hoping they get, you know, a little bit of a better TV deal. Hopefully maybe ESPN mm-hmm. picks them up, put them on the plus, go from yeah. there. But yeah, it, I would definitely say people really need to get, start getting into that because it's very – it's like high-end – you know, it's really good hockey to watch. It's interesting. You have a lot of good goalies. You have a lot of good scorers who can put up points in a certain number of games and stuff like that. And, you know, it, their Twitch numbers are really good. They're hitting like 30,000, 40,000 mm-hmm. views, stuff like that. They're like 0.01% of the top, you know, Twitch watchers on their, their Twitch overall during the when they were in the playoffs. So they're on the rise right now. In fact, they got Discover and a bunch of, and a bunch of people backing them. Yeah. They're, they're on a good trajectory. I would definitely recommend people go watch those games on Twitch because I think they're still on there and then just get ready for when the new season comes back next year. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's it's a fun thing to watch in my opinion. Yeah, it was really good uh, seeing you cheering for the Toronto Six. An, uh, an American guy cheering for a good old Canadian team. <laughs> hey, you, want new, you want new kids on the block? You know, it's kind of cool. They all, cause, uh, I kind of follow the Senators a little bit. They're more of like my Canadian team, but um you know the color. I thought the jerseys, the, the jerseys they have are really nice too. And you know it's a new team. You know I was I wanted to get more into it and stuff like that. I'm like you know why don't I just go with the new guys or the new girls on the block and just go from there. So it kind of just worked out. Yeah, I know it's weird that it's you know Canadian team, but you know what though? You know they had a good social media presence. Like I said, the jerseys are really dope. You know just the whole story around that team. Basically, they had to build a team from scratch in the middle of COVID and stuff like that. And you only get they only had like eight or nine practices before the season, you know, when they had to go to, you know, Lake Placid. So mm-hmm. I, just, you know, just fell in love with the team and it kind of just worked out. So it's yeah. definitely different, but glad I picked them as my team. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll wrap things up with you guys uh, telling everybody where they can find you. Alex, we'll start with you. Where can people find you? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at a underscore CBJ. Uh, you can also find me at my other podcast, the CBJ After the Blast. You can find that at CBJ Blast. I'm always on Twitter every day. A little too much, but you know what? <laughs> it's fine. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, I, you guys can always hit me up on Twitter if you have questions or if you want to talk hockey or really any sport. If you want to learn more fantasy hockey, I'm always there to try and help out. Not a big deal. And what days are you dropping episodes of your podcasts? So we've been going through a stretch where we're kind of testing the waters a little bit, but right now we're working on, um, we're going to be dropping episodes optimistically. We're going to be dropping episodes, um, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursdays. Um, we are going to have one special edition episode every week, whether that's going to be, uh, a ranking series, an episode where we talk about the OHL, the QMJHL, the you know, WHL, the KHL. I mean, it's uh, we're wow. trying. We're getting into all these other leagues, so we're going to start expanding a lot just outside of the NHL. Um, and then, you know, we have our typical Blue Jackets and Blackhawks segments that we're going to be doing. Those are going to mm-hmm. be coming out on Saturdays. Our general portion, which is just us talking about the stuff in the league. For example, last night we recorded it. We talked about some of these suspensions that we've had that are an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> Don't even get me started on Connor McDavid, but yeah. that's, <laughs> you, you can go uh, listen to the podcast to get my feelings on that. Yeah. I, I purposely left that out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, good but call. Yeah, <laughs> those are going to be coming out on Sundays. Um, we actually 
recorded a, an interview with Corey Patterson, um, nice. who is a new member of Belly Up Sports, and he was a former uh, professional hockey player in the WHL uh, in, and the ECHL. Um, that was fantastic. That was cool. by far one yeah. of the best episodes we've ever done. By far. Um, that was absolutely amazing. I loved that episode. Um, and then we're going to start having all that stuff drop on a regular basis every week. Nice. Yep. And uh, Zach, where can we, where can everybody find you? Uh, find me at CLE Zach. Um, you know, like, like Alex said, talking about hockey. I mean, I might talk about other sports as well. If you have any questions or you just want to, you know, talk about baseball, Formula One, soccer, football, whatever. I'm always down to talk. Uh, basically same reasons i'm probably on a little bit too much but you know if you want to build a brand you got to be you know more active and yeah. reach out to people and build those relationships and stuff like that so you know it, it has its pros and cons but i enjoy being on there and stuff like that and of course you can catch our podcast at you know canon hawks pod you know we have a link tree go find where you can find our listen to our podcast go check out our fabulous sponsors over there as well you know we also have links to belly up sports to check out articles and all the other podcasts too. Subscribe so. to YouTube. Subscribe. Smash this that is, smash that like button and subscribe. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Five star rings or reviews. Go, you know, and also hit the bell for on YouTube so you can get all of our episodes when they first drop. So yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. All right. All right, great. Well, it was great talking to you guys. And uh I guess we will uh end it here. All right, thanks awesome. for having us on, man. You guys yep. have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, you Jason. Too. You too, man.